0: Hi, love. This is Dawn, and you're listening to Dear Divorce Diary with my coach, Dawn, where we explore the post-divorce life and you, the woman who lives it. We cover everything from trauma during and after divorce to feeling like a stranger in your own life and the new frontier of life as a single woman. Cozy in for the conversations you've been longing to have about this new life. Hey loves, welcome back. I'm so glad you're with me today. We are talking about one of the hottest, most trending divorce-related topics, and that is attachment styles. I want to warn you ahead of time, I might get a little bit excited today because this topic is so near and dear to my heart. I have been working on a theory for a very long time that the root of most divorce is actually an unhealthy attachment style. So in my perspective, I get these really big ideas like, I could change the world, right? In my perspective, if we can consciously begin healing attachment styles in our lives and in our children's lives we are then in a very concrete way reducing the generational cycle of divorce trauma and that gets me so jazzed uh so bear with me today as i might get a little bit excited in it and i'm you know i don't want to in any way minimize your pain or how overwhelmed you might be feeling right now if you've ever heard of attachment styles or you've looked into it a bit. I believe very strongly that many people come to me in my practice and my membership community and say, "Don, I am burnt out at trying to heal myself. I am burnt out at trying to understand something as complex as an attachment style and know how to fix it. And girl, I get it. I get it. And so part of what I want to do for you here today is help you shortcut that path, reduce that burnout, because a healthy attachment style really is the key to the thing that you want, which is a safe, loving relationship. So let's start at the literal beginning. There is a documentary on Netflix called Babies and Man, oh man, is it amazing. The very first episode is called Love and it gets into the science of bonding and of how love is cultivated between caregiver and baby. And the science is just so elegant and I freaking love it. But what we're able to take away from there is that babies are born being highly relational, highly aware, highly attuned to their environment. And you know what? When we were babies and when our parents were babies, that understanding was not necessarily there. It wasn't obvious, right? It wasn't the information age. Encyclopedias were barely even a thing. You, you know, nobody was attached. I don't think we find attachment styles in an encyclopedia, right? So, so what we knew about babies and how they bonded when uh, when we were being raised, when our parents were being raised, and on back, is not what we know today. And so a lot of the approaches to raising babies were not emotionally attuned. We didn't understand that babies are very emotionally attuned and that's what they're craving. And so now we know that Having some sensitivity to that is what creates a secure human. And fun fact that – or fun understanding from that baby's episode is that uh, actually babies don't need necessarily immediate gratification because they like to also work things out on their own to a certain extent. But when they reach the limits of their capabilities is when they really need an assist from a caregiver, right? So we don't have to be perfect moms, good news, right we need to be kind of like goldilocksy moms <laughs> we, you know it's there's this like middle ground where we don't want to be too attentive we don't want to be too distant so just finding kind of somewhere in the middle to let our kids work things out but then providing them assist when they hit their limit but let's be honest most of us didn't get that and this is not a let's blame mom and dad session. This is a let's do some reconnaissance to understand where we came from because with awareness is how we shift. Okay. So what we know is that if as babies, our caregivers, mother, father, grandparent, it doesn't matter, right? If our caregiver was distant or highly anxious or punishing or really inconsistent, any of those things affects how we experience relationship and love. There's this quote from the babies episode, the first one, if a relationship gets disrupted, it has a powerful effect on babies or adults. So, what that turns into in terms of attachment style, you've heard a lot of these phrases, anxious attachment style, avoidant attachment style, disorganized attachment style, right? And we're not gonna unpack those here today, but just know that that's, that your attachment style, whichever camp you fall into, right, is like your brain map, your highway system in your brain for how you experience relationships. And some roads we know are like I-95, right? They're well-reinforced, they're solid, they're obvious on a map, they're those thick lines. And and then there's other roads on the map that are more like country back roads, but your brain map for your attachment style love goes all the way to when you were a baby. And it's the thing you've been practicing and you've been trained to do over and over and over again. And so, yes, it is adaptable because we understand from neuroplasticity and all of the science we've come to learn about the brain, which is still baby science, like new, right? But we do understand that our brain maps can be adapted and that is super cool news And I know you want to know how, and I know you want to know how long it's going to take and whether or not you have the capacity to do that. My answer to all of those things is yes, yes, yes. Um, But before we get there, let's just acknowledge that to change or adapt a brain map that is that reinforced takes specific and consistent attention. And I think that's the thing where as humans, we just tend to fall short, right? Like well, A, what is the specific intervention or attention, right? And then we, we just, as humans, we naturally kind of fall short around consistency. It's our nature. We we get motivated to do a thing. We get amped up, right, first of the year or when we are going through something super freaking painful like what you're going through right now, we become highly motivated. But then as we start to feel better, we fall off. and And so that's the thing I just want you to really kind of take a look at in your own life is where you could maybe do it differently with regards to consistency. Also, I want you to know that my approach as a clinician, as a therapist, is I'm not into weed whacking the problem. And by that, I mean, we need to get at the root of a thing. Like we can't just come in with the weed whacker and like shear off the the tops of the weeds, which is how I kind of view talk therapy and many other, like coaching and things like that, it doesn't get at the root of your brain map. It helps raise awareness. It helps sort out tools and a plan. And it helps you feel heard and understood and validated so that you have enough support and strength in your corner to then go get at the root of a thing, right? But talk therapy alone is not going to help you adapt your brain map, your attachment style. Those things have to be done with techniques that go so much deeper into your subconscious mind love. And those techniques are things like, in no particular order, uh, EFT tapping, guided journaling, meditation, and my absolute favorite, which is EMDR therapy, You've heard me talk about eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, which is a trauma-informed approach that gets deep into that subconscious mind and dramatically shortcuts the path that it takes to adapt your attachment style. So the good news is, yes, there is a solution. And, And to help you raise your awareness about what Your attachment style is and what a healthy attachment style looks like. There are several books that I love out there. There is Attached, which is a book that kind of maps out all of this territory for you. And then as it specifically relates to relationships, I love Stan Tatkin's books, um, Wired for Love and Wired for Dating, where he really helps you understand what your attachment style is and what your ex's and future partner's attachment style may be and how to work within those because we are not prisoners to our attachment style. So there are resources out there for you to dig deeper. And I want you to know that there are tools to help you start shifting your attachment style immediately. In my membership, I use a very specific journaling approach that gets at that subconscious mind that helps release the attachment traumas that go all the way back to when you were a baby and helps shift it. There's EMDR therapy that that is really gaining popularity and I am an EMDR trained therapist and that's what I do every day in my practice. So there's so much reason to hope. And is it hard? Yes. And is it painful? Of course. But the reality is, is you're already living with that pain and you're shoving it down and you're pushing it away. And what so many of my clients and patients do when they decide to get back into the dating world is they look at the resume of the person they're dating and they compare it to the resume of their ex. And they're like, look, Don, these guys are totally different. They do this compare and contrast thing and they they bring the resume and they're like, see, they're different. And I start to unpack and explain that it's not the resume that's going to help you make the better choice. Because if we haven't gotten at the root issue of attachment style and your brain map from infancy, then love, you are subconsciously below your level of awareness, picking partners from this top secret subconscious place in your mind and and listen we were designed the whole trauma-based brain was designed to keep secrets from you so that you didn't have to walk around every day experiencing the pain of feeling disconnected from your mom or your dad or your grandparents or your ex that pain is too much babies we're we're built to be in relationships so if that relationship feels breached from very very early there is this really awesome coping mechanism built into our minds right called dissociation and and it's your brain is doing what it was designed to do but it also keeps secrets from us. So when my clients come to me and they say, but I, I can tell you this story and it sounds awful, but I don't have any feelings about it. Or if they say, I had a great childhood. I don't have a lot of memories from it, but like it was fantastic. Some of these phrases that I hear my clients say are really big, huge clues for me. Like, oh, there's some dissociation going on. Some mental separation from the pain that was experienced that helped map their attachment style, either anxious, avoidant, disorganized, or you name it. And you know, it's a really interesting system that anxious attachers tend to subconsciously be drawn to avoidant attachers and vice versa. And the bottom line is, is as humans, that's just what we do. We are drawn to the thing that feels familiar. And then the call is to heal it. The call is to heal it. So this is your call to heal your attachment style and to become really aware of what kind of attachment style you're drawn to and then to find a partner who's willing to work on it with you. And let me be one of the early partners who's wanting to work on it with you. I want to help work with you on how you experience relationships and love and the ways in which you attempt to bond. You know, I was one of those women who really struggled to be single, right? Serial monogamous. That was me. I could not tolerate separation very well. I was a pretty clingy girlfriend slash spouse, right? And I knew that those things were not leaving space for my relationships to breathe, for us to have separate identities. And so there's another word for all of that, right, which is codependency. But underneath codependency love is an unhealthy attachment style. So I'm sure you have questions. I hope you take a look at some of these books I've referenced and take a look at the Netflix episode to really help understand that we're not parent bashing, but we are under—we want to really understand our stories. What were our parents going through when we were babies? What was it like, right? In my life, my parents were in a really bad marriage of their own and they were super stressed out and they didn't understand any of this, right? And neither of them were really emotionally available themselves. And there was a lot of fighting and drama and there just wasn't a lot of emotional energy. So, okay, now we know I was probably fending for myself as a tiny little baby emotionally, which guess what? Made me strong AF as a adult. But also I needed to develop a more secure sense of self and I needed to cultivate some softness in my relationships because when I felt anxious and insecure, I started getting really controlling and, and that's not a healthy space. So that was all the work I did post-divorce before getting remarried. And even honestly, after being remarried, working on these things for a number of years to create a really strong, secure relationship where I wasn't using control as one of my main tools, so I can't wait to hear your questions about this. Send me a message, take a look at the show notes, and let me know where you're at and what you need. I am so interested in how this resonates for you and what resources you're looking for to help adapt your attachment style. Know that I am sending you so much love. I have so much faith in you. And if you are here listening, like, man, you were right on track. Trust that. And I cannot wait to connect in the future. Have a beautiful day. Peace. Dear Divorce Diary is a podcast by My Coach Dawn. You can find more at mycoachdawn.com.